Kia ora, I'm Ria. Falofa, I'm Amy. Whakalofa lahi atu, I'm Alicia. And, and we're Fat Gal Pals. Fat Gal Pals is an incubator for fat troublemakers. We are creators, disruptors, and masturbators. Most importantly though, we are fat. We're a collective of queer women of colour, adding our voices to the discourse around fat life as it intersects with pop culture, politics, art, and sex through this podcast series, Fat Chats. Malo family, welcome back to Fat Chats episode three. Um, we are going to be talking today about fat icons, who our influences are, who we love, why we love them, and in some cases, um, why we may be a little bit like them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, for those of you who aren't joining us on audio, uh, who are joining us on audio, Ria is wearing the most fucking amazing T-shirt, um, framing it now. Framing it with my hands. <laughs> talk my us hands. through. Um, sorry? Talk us through. Talk us, talk you through. Um, my T-shirt is a uh, rock and roll kind of tribute. That's how I... I Perceived it. It's like a movie. Yeah. yeah, it's got like a Metallica vibe going yeah. on. Yeah. Of yeah. um, um one of my favorite fat icons, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Ursula the Sea Witch. And I yeah. learned what the species is called because I always I didn't know, but did you know they're called Cecilias? So the ones that turn in that are squid women what? have their own title, they're separate from mermaids. Oh my god. I'm a mythology dork, by the way. You'll you'll come to hey, know. Hey, that. hang on, hang on, hold on a minute. Yeah. So are there Male versions of these octopus? I'm assuming Squ- so. Wait, shoot. Octopus? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. So if they're Cecilia's, I wonder what the, would a, the man version be of Cecilia? <laughs> or would he be like a, a Murray or a Murphy maybe? <laughs> <laughs> a Sicilian? Yeah. A Sicilian? Yeah. Is he a Sicilian? Is he a Yeah. Squid? Yeah. Anyone else got the song Cecilia stuck in their head right oh, now? Oh, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I do now. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a deep love of Ursula. Um, and I think the older I've got, the more, and we're just literally just talking about this, the more that the Disney villains have kind of appealed to me. And I wonder, yeah. I can't help but wonder, as a fat woman, do I, ident- do I identify more with that because they are on the outside, because they are perceived as bad? Mm. Like, yeah. as a fat queer woman, is this why I'm, like, really drawn to the sisterhood of, like, dope-ass hats and blue skin? Like, oh. now they've all got pastel skin, not necessarily blue, but pastel skin, badass hair and, like, really yeah. good hats. This is true, actually, yeah, with most of the Disney villainesses. I don't think that's a word. Yeah. It is a word now. Um yeah, they're like kind of like boss ass bitches, eh? Yeah, yeah. Take no nonsense. Yeah, and I definitely identified with Ursula because she was the only fat one that I think I had ever seen fat character um, who had like she had her own storyline. Like yeah. there was beef between her and Triton, and you just kind of got like a little taste of the tea uh, in that respect. I always assumed that they were dating and they Hard. broke up and yeah. then he kicked her out. Because like, it seemed very odd to me that yeah. she just got randomly fired for her job and thrown out for no particular reason. Absolutely. And why he's still so like angsty about it. Total like toxic masculinity. Plus also passive aggressiveness. Yeah, he banished her to a cave. Yeah. Also, I'm totally going down a rabbit hole here, but I always wondered, like, where is Ariel's mom? Oh, she was one of the... Ah, I have the answer for this. Oh, I'm so sorry. Disney nut, mythology nut, here we go. Um, one of Disney... 
one of the things they've nodded to is it, Ariel's mum was one of the mermaids in Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. I always did wonder if they were all in the same universe. Yes, mm. that was the, so that was... But it makes universe, sense, doesn't it? That was, that was where him I was, was totally having a blonde moment, and of yeah. course they were in the same universe. Yeah. But like, what makes me interested, in, like, again, as a mythology now, is that like Hercules and uh, Ariel are both the children of gods. Yeah. So they're technically cousins. Yeah, true. And there's actually a weird likeness to them. I'm like, oh, look at you little animated ginger people <laughs> all related to each other and shit. How adorable <laughs> are you? <laughs> I don't know. I also, I think, um, from Ursula and the way that she's portrayed and voiced and things like that, um, she set me on the path for, like, a love of cabaret. So in terms of other fat icons that I'm well into, like Titus Burgess, who, funnily Ooh. enough, does, like, a fucking amazing version of Poor Unfortunate Souls. If you have not seen it, go Titus Burgess, Poor Unfortunate Souls to YouTube. Like, yep. hit pause on this, go and do that. It's worth it, trust me. Come back, because then what I'm going to say next is going to make total sense. Um, they cast Titus Burgess as Sebastian the Crab on Broadway. What a waste of man. It's fucking bullshit. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Whereas in the live action version, like the live action Little Mermaid, that, you know, that terrifying, mm. don't YouTube that. Yeah. <laughs> they cast Shaggy as Sebastian. And like the first song, he was a bit unsure. But as it progressed, you could see him like really sad to vibe with it. I'm doing terrible dancing, but really sad to vibe with it. And he she had is. this kind of action going on and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he was fully committed to his yeah. Sebastian routine. But I kind of loved it because he is actually from the Caribbean. I just bumped the table yeah. very hard. I'm sorry. Uh, Funnily enough, Queen Latifah is Ursula in the live action version who, uh, like, she changed my fucking world when I was a, like, when I was a teenager mm. um, in terms of, like, she was this badass, like, badass rapper who had, like, everybody respected her and she was fucking hot at the same time. She was. You know? She was. But I think, you know, episode I mean, one, Alicia was like, we, like, migrate and steal so much of, like, black culture and black acceptance and, and that kind of stuff that it doesn't surprise me that, like, the first people that I see come up in real life with fucking talent um, is through the black community. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a conversation we've had ongoing mm. recently, isn't it, that... Um, we, I don't think as children of the Pacific diaspora here, mm. we really had our own media. So Agreed. what informs a lot of, like, or a lot of my, when I think back now, retrospectively, fat icons mm. growing up were all, like, a really hearty black woman. Yeah. Even to the point where, like, um, New Zealand's funniest home videos, the OG one that we had here, oh, yeah. obviously a parody of the American one, or the part of the same family, mm. was hosted by um, Leanne... Oh, Malcolm? No, no, Carl. Um, oh, no, wait, no, hang on. Was that it? She was a beautiful black woman. She was a, she was a beautiful, fat black woman on our TV sets yeah. every weekend. It was awesome. Yeah. My brain just keeps really unhelpfully <laughs> saying Leanne Rhymes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes yeah. Different, Leanne. I was like, Leanne Rhymes. Yes, what mine. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, 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 we're not cat, we're not fighting the moonlight. That's not who we mean. Because <laughs> um, everyone knows you can't fight the moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was um a really, really big thing. Um, because she did it was Lotto, eh? And Figo. Yeah. Um, That's right. So yeah. prime time TV. 
Like Yeah, which retrospectively in the 90s, yeah. shit, that kind of was a big deal actually looking back now because it was bugger all, if anything, really, wasn't it? Well, the, the only other one I could think of was, um, I'm not sure it counts, but Hori Ahipene playing like oh. on Melbourne Place. Yes. Which, funnily enough, is where my intro came from today, Malo family. Malo family. Um, so that was a major, like, icon moment also, for me. I also I feel like we're was... definitely showing our age, eh? Yeah, we are. So. Yeah, age test. If you know who any of these people are, Catherine from What Now, who I always perceived as being fat when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I actually looked, we looked her up not that long ago, and she just had a round face yeah. and liked jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She also gifted me her love of jumpers, though, because of her. Yeah. Yeah. But even when you think about, like, so we've mentioned Queen Latifah mm. and then Missy Elliott, oh, obviously, oh, which we will go into. Yeah. Oh, hail Missy Elliott. Yes. Oh, but hey, Missy when you think they're not, like, yes, they're fat women, but they're not fat, fat women, if that makes sense. Like, mm. in my mind as a younger woman and to, like, my peers, they were, like, fat women. Mm. But they're not really. No. no. I think one of my first fat woman icons... I can use characters, say that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Miss Piggy was the tits. Oh, ah. Miss Piggy was the tits, yeah. <laughs> she was the tits. She yeah. had, like, that's an Sassy. icon. That yeah. eye, that, that, like, you know, full lash, like, at least seven stacked fucking lash extensions, mm. full hair, whole outfit that was coordinated with her shoes and her yeah. bags. Yes, surf queen, I don't dairy think, queen. I don't think that she was fat. I just think that the pig, she's a fat, is, she's a yeah, synonymous with like... That's true, actually, Amy. With, with fatness. And to counter that, she was perfect. Like like you say, everything that she did were, and the way that they put her together was like above reproach. And that's kind of how... That conversation for another but day, all, how we have to Absolutely, be. but it's also not lost on me that retrospectively talking about fat icons from our younger years, that we're talking about a actual puppet. <laughs> <laughs> she weren't just any puppet, though. This no, was absolutely not. Like, no. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not lost You're on me that we're going... A fictional squid woman <laughs> and a pig puppet. A, a pig puppet. <laughs> terrible <laughs> like but these were like big things I remember one of the when I was older one of there were two other big ones for me yeah that I loved and that was um on the Drew Carey show there was Mimi yeah who always looked like a parrot had like a bowl of Crayolas had just like had a gangbang on her face like, <laughs> <laughs> or like a parrot exploded or yeah. like something yeah. there's, there's Mimi and then on Gimme 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 oh, yeah. um, there was oh Kathy that's yeah. it and she was just Hilarious. And it was amazing because she was this, like, ferocious, fabulous, like, confident, sexual, <laughs> loudmouth. We all just... And a little bit so gross. And it was okay because, like, fucking every other character everywhere has been gross. But, you know... It was kind of nice seeing the fat, oh, fat woman yeah. get, like, overtly sexual. It'd be kind of gross, man. Overtly sexual. What about... Um, I cannot remember her name. This is probably going to be really frustrating um, for, for people, but on Gavin and Stacey, the Welsh oh, one, who's, like, hot as fuck Dawn French. Um, oh, what is her name? Have you ever watched Gavin and Stacey? Many, I feel like I have. I mm, yeah. I could be lying. So I don't know. So she had this best friend, this fat Welsh best friend, who drove uh, buses and trucks 
for a living. She had like a million different jobs and all of them revolved around having sex with rock stars. So she drove like pretty much every rock star ever and could like run, like, you know, do those two-ton trucks and drive all that. So she just had constant conversations about who she'd had sex with. And she was a very, again, sexually voracious, very confident, very beautiful woman. And it was just really good to see. Maybe it's a credit to a credit to English um, humor and and stuff like that because she was the way that she was and that's just her. Like you know, you watch out for her because she's fucking voracious. It's not because she's fat or that there were any problems with it. In the context of that, that was just how she was. Mm. Yeah, you know? and she was paired off with James Corden's character. Yeah, through the majority of the series. Yeah, who was. Like the asshole in that in that situation, um, which is a interesting position for them to have cast a fat person in. I think at that point in time, because otherwise, I think we were just the like fat best friend. Yeah, or comment line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were the waiting. We were the fart joke that was waiting to happen. Yeah, that I, kind of stuff. I think looking back as a youngish person. Um, my, one of the first fat characters I arrived on and was like, oh my God, I love her so much and I can't for the life of me remember what her name is now. That's going to bother me. But um, Ryan Murphy's popular. Was it Samantha? Carmen. Carmen. Yeah. Carmen. Yeah. Carmen, who was still a member of the Glamazon. Yeah. She was smart. She was a fat cheerleader. She was yeah. a fat cheerleader. I was like, oh my God. She's she even a dated fat the cheerleader. Yeah. She dated the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. She had the good fucking storylines. Um, and it was really, really awesome. Like a couple of years later, she had a little spot on like the Big Bang Theory. Um, but they dealt with her in like pretty much the complete opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um and that she just disappeared from the scripts completely. And they just day. never mentioned her again. Yeah. It's this weird thing that happened. Yeah. It was really sad. Yeah. But yeah, Carmen on Popular was just uh, back there 100% Alexia. Uh, also, totally showing my age. So, Pop Stars, which was the original like idol. Ah. Um, I think we were the first country we actually were. in the world to have mm-hmm. like a Pop Stars, right? Yeah. Yep. So, True Bliss. And I don't think she ever identified as fat, but. I was absolutely loving for her as a 12-year-old was Joe Cotton. Joe Cotton. Joe Cotton. I was like, oh, my God, there's a fat girl. Yeah. And she's cool. Yeah. And she can sing. And she can dance. And her makeup is really awesome and she's really pretty. And, she, yeah, she was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. As a 12-year-old, shit, yeah. I was like, holy crap, this is so cool. (laughs) She's a fat Spice Girl. I know. I know. We were at a Pride Festival, um, like at the Pride um, Parade, um, dressed in drag as um, Aretha Franklin and a bunch of people, and a car went past with Joe Cotton in it. Do you remember? I do. Yeah, and she was like, I fucking love your wig. And she had, like, pinky hair at the time. Pinky I think blonde. I was kind of heart attack. And I'm, I'm like, like, I, I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me really happy. This is fan girl. Yeah. Yeah. Because True Bliss was, was the first, so it's iconic. And it had, you know. Yeah, another hello die on. Like, yeah. True Bliss were pop icons here. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, at least for me. No, no, I was they like, were pop icons. Wow, we have our own, like, girl group. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember, what was the fucking first song? Oh, tonight's the night. Yeah. I fell in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't sing, so, but you know what I'm doing. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it was kind of like my Poland stuff. Yeah. And it had kind of like, I want to say like house kind of vibes to it. Yeah. To my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. There was a horrible Native American headdress moment that made me very sad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't put that on. Take that off. Was Amble always cultural appropriation? And remember, they were like they all had trainers on and like bootleg. Mm. They were cool. They were like our version of the Spice Girls, which also absolutely love. Mm. As a side note, not fat icons, but still. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they were all all out there, um, you know, about being yourself, Um, Mm -hmm. and like that's a real fucking weird thing um, to be fat and identify as fat and know that you're fat and watch the world attack um, Ginger Spice for being fat. Yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, there are, you just, like, you, you can't win. This is what people think is fat. Well, I suppose that was also, um, you know, that 90s vibe, as we mentioned in the previous True. podcast, that real heroin chic. Yeah. Like, the thinner, the better, I want to see your hip bones. Yeah. I have, I mean, we all have hip bones. I was going to say something. I mean, I've never seen them before. But I haven't seen them, but I know they're there. Yeah, I had an x-ray. Yeah, I had an x-ray once. I have hip bones, yeah. I I think um, also if you think of it, like the 90s was that heroin chic look. But then by the time we got to the mid-2000s, Paris Hilton was the epitome of of sexiness. And that was like... Yeah, the same true. thing, but like just really fucking tan. But also, like adjacent to that was that, um, like very Britney Spears, like Christina Aguilera, quite athletic, mm. like that athletic toned, yeah, like you know, sporty yeah. body. I remember when Christina put weight on and tabloids, because at the time, like magazines kind of were still where it was at, mm. yeah, completely lost the plot. Like, yeah. oh. Christina's career is belly up as she goes belly up and like Ibiza or some awful headline like that. Yeah. And you're looking at it. And when you are actually, <laughs> when you are actually fat hmm. and you're looking at that and they're like, she's so disgustingly fat. And you're just like, Jesus fuck. Yeah. If she's disgustingly fat. I'm a fucking blue whale. Like, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can see why, um, you know, like people talk about Britney. Britney's breakdown, shaving the head and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't fucking blame her one iota, the amount of pressure and stuff. Because the older I get, the more I understand yeah. Britney's yeah. breakdown. Yeah. It, it makes me actually incredibly sad because you, when you think of these women, mm. these very successful women in their own right, who through insane pressures of the mm. societal pressures and all the rest of it, like, just crumble. Yeah. And they're surrounded by these people, but at no point do any of these people go, oh, this person is really unwell. Yeah. We need to get her help. Yeah. So, yeah, I always feel quite sad when I think about Britney Spears, truthfully. Question for you both. Um, Given, like, your lived experience um, looking at the Britney Spears situation and, like, I guess recognising if you identified as fat um, at the time that there's, like, a system at work here and that it's not actually about you, it's not about your body or any of that kind of stuff, do you think that that makes you maybe a little bit more empathetic when you look looking at situations like Britney Spears's where there's just like, like you can feel the pressure because you can kind of see the system. Does that make sense? 
Yes, it does make mm. sense. Do you think it makes you more empathetic to that situation? Because I remember she got pretty much zero sympathy. She was absolutely vilified at the time. Yeah. People were awful at the time. Yeah. Britney's Meltdown, they made parody songs. But I I think it's that thing too of where we, and I don't know what the psyche behind this is, but we love to, like, make these people into these massive icons. Yeah. And then it's almost like, okay, and now we want to watch you fail. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the, the the discourse from that I always find really strange, but it's not lost on me mm. how hyper-criticised, and mm. it doesn't matter whether you're thin or fat, really, yeah. that it seems to be like this open open for discussion about yeah. women's bodies in general, yeah. which um, is just really gross. Yeah. The policing and commentary around women's bodies and what they should or shouldn't be doing and what yeah. they're eating and what they're not eating whether they're exercising, um, just let people be. Well, one of the examples I, I always think of, and they're not, I'm not a fan by any wild stretch of the, the imagination, mm. but the internet and just conversations in general, you have any kind of conversation about Kylie Jenner and everyone goes on about how fucking gross she is mm. and how fake she is and how plastic she is and all these things because, you know, when she looked like herself, they made fun of her just consistently that mm. she was the ugly one and she was weird looking. And then we have the audacity for the same people to turn around when she very clearly, like, has kind of lost the plot a bit and and done all this stuff to herself to be socially acceptable, and they still hate her. Are we talking about Kylie or Chloe? Kylie. Oh, both, I guess. But Chloe even more yeah. so because Chloe was fat and they vilified her. She was the fat, ugly Kardashian. And then when she lost all the weight and did some, she had some work done, or, you know, mm. each to her own, each to her own sis, but now, mm. now she's the devil because I think, well, honestly, because they want to fuck her and they feel weird about it. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah I think that the Kardashian Jenners are a real interesting one, really, mm. just as a family and, yeah, but. <laughs> By no wild stretch of the imagination am I a fan. Mm. However, I still know who the fuck they all are. I know I can tell them apart. I know which one's which. I mean, not not gonna lie, it's getting harder. Um, yeah, well, it's still that. It's her. still that thing of policing women's bodies, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. And the pressures that women succumb to, to I guess look a certain way. I think the interesting thing with the Kardashians, though, is that they've um, created this whole other um, version of beauty or a beauty standard mm. and an aesthetic which we see becoming quite normal. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I guess that's what I'm getting at. They're not, they are not the problem. They're just a symptom of the bigger problem mm, around yeah. beauty standards and expectations of women. Absolutely. Um, which I just think are unobtainable. Like, yeah. just, just unrealistic. Unrealistic. Yeah. I think, um, like, I was just on my phone before we came in here um, and Lizzo has been putting up, like, a whole bunch of posts um, addressing, um, cutting off that negative self-talk and any influences Mm -hmm. that might come through because we know, um, you know, she's not on Twitter anymore because Twitter is a clusterfuck um, and she's just sort of managing herself there. So she has been like an absolute breath of fresh air and I think is like a product of like... um, 
this period of time. Like oh, we are yes. luck, like we're lucky so, to exist in so, the same time. So, so, so many thoughts on Lizzo. I have so, so many thoughts on Lizzo. I fucking love her. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> um, but I can also recognise, and I think with the fallout of what she got from that cleanse diet that she yeah. did, all that cleansing, I don't necessarily know that it was a diet, mm. um, but that's how some people interpreted it as a diet, was that she just she's trying to keep herself healthy yeah. for what that looks like for her. Yeah. And actually, it's none of your goddamn business what Lizzo does with her body. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that kind of feeds back into that policing again. And the, one of the things that I struggle with, and I've had this conversation with Rhea and you a lot, is what happens within these smaller communities mm. that we have, whether it's body pods or whatever, mm. is that the level of self-righteousness that rears sometimes yeah. of, like, she's doing it wrong. Yeah. She's not doing it right. Yeah. Oh, she's doing this or that or whatever. Yeah. She's actually just doing what's good for her yeah. as a woman. And she's yeah. listening to her body, what her body needed. Mm. At the time, she felt like her body needed a cleanse. Yep. That is none of your business what Lizzo does in her spare time. I know. It wasn't like she had, she put in an affiliate link or swipe up to, you know, swipe up to buy. (laughs) All the pressure too on these women to be like the ideal role role model. And that there's no space for, and it's, yeah, it feels like a weird time that we were in where it's like, we're, we're, we're um, peddling this story of autonomy, Mm -hmm. but when people are being autonomous, and we don't like it, we go, oh, hang on, not like that, Lizzo. <laughs> Naughty Lizzo. But the, don't pressure, do that. but the pressure on women just in general for that is unreal. Like, I've got this here, check it, this is my example. Mm. Big pop culture nerd. You, you both know I'm, like, nerdy as shit as well. Mm-hmm. So comic book geekery and all that kind of stuff is kind of my jam. Yeah. I remember, and we've got Wonder Woman 1984 that's out now. Yeah. Now, the first Wonder Woman... Not going to lie, not a great movie. There were great parts to it, but overall, not a great movie. First half, great. Second half, what the fuck? Did I fall asleep and wake up in the middle of another movie? Mm. 1984, kind of looking the same, not very good. So there were already conversations online about how, well, that's that, no more Wonder Woman movies because you made two shit ones. And that's how you know the standard for us is completely different because at no point in time have they ever been like, well, Val Kilmer was like a shitty Batman, so we just won't make any Batman movies anymore. <laughs> like, never. It would never even fucking cross their minds. Wonder Woman has two bad movies, she's not allowed them anymore. Yeah. Catwoman had one bad movie, she's not allowed them anymore. Yeah. Like, this is how... I perceive it in my with through my big dorky lens of like I know we're not anywhere near where we should be mm. as far as representation goes because you can still get canned after one movie if you're playing a female heroine yeah and a multi squillion dollar fucking business you can still fuck up yeah and not get a movie again and they would never do that with Batman or Superman and that Batman and Superman movie was just like the biggest heart pile of dog shit I've ever sat through (laughs) like it wasn't even funny bad it was just like really sad bad and it's kind of good that Jason Momoa was in it in the second one so I had some eye candy to look at because that is a beautiful man yeah Ezra but he was bad too. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of it was bad. Yeah, Ezra and Miller is a delight, though. So, Ezra Miller yeah. steals every movie he's on. Yeah. But so that's that's kind of how I still measure. Is it equal yet? <laughs> no. Because Batman can still be bad and he'll still get a movie. Mm. Yeah. I just want to go back to Lizzo, mostly because I'm obsessed. We all know this. And mm. I had a life-changing moment last year when I got to watch her at FOMO. Oh, and yes. I happy cried. 
legitimately happy cried. And I don't think I've ever seen so many fat women at a concert, Yeah, which brought me so much joy. I yeah. was like, see, fat women go to concerts. We enjoy live music. This is amazing. There's yeah. so many of us. I was so happy. That's so cool. I was really, really happy. But it just, that, that recognition again of like being able to appreciate something, but understanding it's not for you. Yeah. So, and that's the thing that I find interesting with some of the commentary around Lizzo. Yeah. Is that a lot of that commentary isn't coming from black women. No. Who, she's explicitly said, I'm here and I make the things that I make for black women. Mm-hmm. If you fuck with it, cool. Love that for you. Yeah. But it's not, I'm not making it for you. Yeah. Um, and I found, yeah, a lot of the 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 real criticism that she's received mm. with a lot of her choices that she's made. Mm. Yeah, well, it's Pakia woman. Yeah, and they don't get it or they have this. Um, I mean, it's the intersection of so many places, internalised misogyny, racism, all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. So, you know, you can pick out any particular comment that a white person might put against a Lizzo post and you're just like, yeah, misogyny, racism, misogyny, slut-shaming, great. It's the fucking combo. It's a combo. combo, for sure. And it's like... You know, you're you're not actually ruining this for any of us who are like we're on this fucking journey, man. You know, and I agree that she's held to an exceptionally high standard. It's it's strange. Yeah. It's truly strange to me the standard that we've set the bar for her. Yeah, but also. I don't know. I'm always genuinely surprised at how much pressure people put on these icons or these influences that they have for themselves. Yeah. With forgetting forgetting a very crucial fact, I think, of these people are people. Yeah. They make mistakes. They yeah. don't get it right. That's okay. I think it is a mindset change as well. Growing up, you know, showing my age here, growing up I wasn't, like, you didn't have that kind of access to celebrities and superstars and stuff. I'm thinking about New Kids on the Block and I think they had a New Zealand fan club here. But Mm. otherwise, the idea of actually being able to see what these people have for breakfast and shit was like just not even anything you'd think of. But that's the norm now. You can log on anywhere and they'll tell you about all sorts of things they're up to. So so the mystery, I think, that existed for pop stars when I was young does does not exist now. Because they're accessible and that accessibility makes people assume they're accessible in the same way of being like, and you can go for it. Yeah. I would almost say it's a hyper-accessibility, hyper-visibility that is, Mm. like, on steroids. And it's like, that's not a free-for-all. Yeah. And that demand that they keep. For consumerism. Give us more. Yeah. Show us more. Yeah. Um, I think that must just be nightmarish. And that must be just nightmarish for people who navigate social media in general. I don't navigate social media appropriately at all. Um, I have Instagram I forget about pretty regularly. (laughs) And Facebook I also forget about pretty regularly. I deleted Twitter. So... I I have no idea what the goings-on are. I'm really uncool. (laughs) That's not a bad thing, Rhea. I think thinking about um, social media and thinking about our conversations Mm. we've had about um, self-care and being kind to ourselves, dialing it back to it as well, um, you are what you eat. Yes. And I think being a bit more strategic Mm. around what you consume on your Instagram and what you consume on your Twitter and your Facebook and yeah. Whatever other apps you happen to be on. Yeah. It's just being really mindful about what you actually consume. Yeah. 
Um, because it's really hard as well to be really positive about yourself. You're consuming stuff that's not going to fill your cup. Exactly. And there's that really good documentary on Netflix, is it The Social Dilemma? Mm -hmm. Where um, if you haven't seen it, I recommend that you watch it because it shows you how aggressive um, these social media companies are in tracking in tracking what you do and it takes very, very little time spent looking at one post that may make you feel a type of way and it's putting it in your path, so curating what you're seeing. Um, it, I'm, a, I'm behind 100%. Absolutely. That algorithm is real, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's all about money. We talked a bit about money in, um, when we talked about the healthcare system in our previous podcast and stuff like that. And it's all driven by getting ads in front of you or getting people in front of you or mm -hmm. in TikTok's case, um, curating their home screen or whatever it is so that it is white, it is thin, it is young. That is all you are going to see. That yeah. is all they're going to be promoting. So you are what you eat is actually the perfect way of looking at maybe how you want to engage um, with looking at the people that you want to follow online um, and cutting out all the rubbish. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, one of the things that we obviously discussed before and we always discuss once again bringing it back to this idea of um, intersectional solidarity yeah. is my big question that I ask other people or I think about when I see different groups of you know social justice warriors etc cetera, etc cetera, is mm. where where's your fat friend yeah because it's all very well and fine to be for one cause mm. but this is something I think the three of us are super mindful about is mm. that no one should be getting left behind yeah so if your group of friends is all thin able-bodied aesthetically very attractive whatever etc cetera, mm. etc cetera, then I would suggest you start looking at widening your friend group yeah. and diversifying who you are friends with. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, maybe we should do a roundtable of, I guess, like your favourite icon or one that you'd like to share the most or talk about here. I'm down. I um I would like to acknowledge one of my favorite fat icons, uh, and that's the Trunchbull from Matilda. Oh, um, yes. I loved her working yeah. that all green prison warden outfit, yes, <laughs> um, and the eyebrow. But yeah. no, she was just she was so cool, and I don't, I'm not sure that was what the purpose of Matilda was. So I think I missed the point a bit on that one because <laughs> um, I thought she was dope. Like, she was dope. Another quote unquote villain who you know. Uh, can kind of share some things with the older the older I get. Maybe not the hairstyle and stuff, but you know what I mean. But yeah, but being able to pick somebody up and throw them over like a fence by their ponytails makes me quite happy. <laughs> Probably not a child though, just don't clarify that. Yeah, yeah, we do not. No. We're yeah, cool Trunchbull was a big one growing up, and I think as an adult, I um I, I've been talking about Big Mouth nonstop in between podcast, yes. but Lola Ugfuglio Scumpy is probably one of my favourite modern yeah. fat characters. I adore her. Yeah. Oh, those are good ones. They are good ones. I mean, I am like an absolute, <clears throat> absolute sucker for a musical. Mm -hmm. Like, I love a musical. Yeah. 
pretty, yeah, absolutely love a musical. So I would have to say, uh, as a as a young person, I loved Divine. Oh, yes. I loved Divine in Hairspray. I yes, was like, she was my yes, mama. Love yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely love it. And I loved Hairspray. Such a good time I'm growing just up. Just like herself. Just oof, what an icon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ricky Lake. Just pop her in there. She yes, she's our character. I, I feel like she was our fave problem, problem favorite problematic. Fave. Yeah, I loved her on uh, Crybaby when I was yes. a kid. Yeah, she played his sister, and she was so cute. She yeah. was real cute. She was pregnant too. That's just made it kind of cuter. <laughs> she was fat and pregnant. Dog. Yeah. And then, I guess as an adult, oh, it's so hard because I'm, like, we all know how obsessed with Lizzo I am. Like, I, I love Lizzo. her. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love her. Yeah. I think I would cry yeah. and maybe spew if I met her, potentially. Yeah. Like, I was very close to maybe meeting her. My friend was like, I might be able to sneak you into a press conference. Yeah. And I cried. I was like, <laughs> please make this happen. It didn't happen. It's Okay. One day, time. <laughs> one day, it's bound to happen. Like, I think I've been manifesting it that she and I will be friends. That's a bit creepy, but, you know, it might happen. Who knows? I'll just keep hoping and manifesting that one day me and Lizzo will, like, drink bubbles in a sparkle somewhere. Manifest it. Manifest yes. away. Yep, absolutely. It'll happen. And also, just as I'm just being greedy and sneaking another one in there Ooh. because we've all had the lovely privilege of meeting her and I think she is totally a fat icon, is Sonia. Yes. Sonia, Sonia Renee, Renee Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. What I, an absolute honey of yeah. a woman. I, just I turned into her. like an embarrassing gibbery like <laughs> mess too. and I could hear myself and in my head I'm like, but shut up, shut up. Hey, Too many words. Stop yeah. fucking talking. Stop talking. Don't make this woman hug you. She has to put her food down to hug you. Leave this woman alone. But yeah. <gasps> yeah. my problem is, is I try to play it so cool that then I just become awkward because yeah. you both know I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm a really warm person. Yeah. But yeah. I get so stressed out that I was like, I'm cool. This is me being cool. Yeah. I wasn't being cool. I was just being like, why are you being weird? She's really cool. Cut yeah. it out. So I feel like she's probably going to listen to this. Love you, Sonia. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a, a plug. Sonia has many, many things going, um, but her very, very, very famous book is um, The My Body, Body is, is Not an Apology. Apology. Yeah, Incredible. And Life changes. Yeah, absolutely worth a look. And um, she does hot takes on Instagram, which are, she's so generous, I think, with her energy and addressing. Um, the various intersections and the shit that she's got on her plate. So only God love. Yeah, Auntie Sonia is goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, Amy? Um, I think my ultimate um, is Aretha. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, such a goodie. I mean, and, like, I probably, because I am one of those people that just watches the same movie over and over again. So when I was a kid, I had Dirty Dancing, Mm -hmm. no fat people in that, Um, and Blues Brothers. And it was just, that was my introduction to her, and she held that entire space and they were all so scared of her mm-hmm. and she was like, and her voice. And she, and then when I finally got to see her out of the context of Blues Brothers, um, she was 
extra as fuck as only like a true fucking diva can be. I absolutely love Aretha. Yeah. I can actually see that scene in my head too when she'd be like in the diner and she's like stains on her apron and stuff. She's on there, you made a think. Like, and I'm like as a child, like, yes. (laughs) Her sass. Like, auntie is sassy. I loved that about Aretha. Yeah. Her life in the movies. Oh, man, that thing that we joked about endlessly in Reclamation when they interviewed Aretha Franklin asking her what she thinks of the new divas mm. and she's like you know good boy they're like you know ariana and she's like good voice good yeah. voice and you know jesse J, good voice and taylor swift and she goes great gowns <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't say anything after that and they're like oh yeah okay and then they had to carry on yeah but yeah that was all she said great gowns great yeah. Gowns. That, yeah that definitely became like an in joke amongst all of us yeah we like, just keep saying that a reclamation great gowns yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I guess, um, like, this is going to be probably a bit of a wussy answer and stuff, but I am so lucky to work with and be surrounded by, like, I've curated my friends and, like, 95% of us are fat. We're all on the same kaupapa of, um, like, fat activism and, and stuff like that. So, like, my icons, I tend to be able to include them in the work that I do, and that is, like, a fucking beautiful thing. It's really cool. I love yeah. that, Amy. Also, it is, a. it's like a bit of a, um, I would have never dreamed as a fat 12-year-old that I'd have this, like, super group of, like, super fat women who are just super fucking cool and amazing and talented and wonderful and generous. And I think it is so important that you have, like, your own power squad of people who gas you up. Yeah. So thanks for gassing me up. Yeah. Love gassing gassing you you up. Yeah. On the subject, I guess, now that we're done gassing each other up and you've been been able to be a witness. Um, we'll close out this episode, but we really, really, really want to um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of Fat Feb. The content on www.fatfeb.co.nz is still available. Um, and there will be a specific members section where you'll be able to see our faces as we actually go through and have these conversations. Which is great because it's not totally like swamp hot in this room and I so <laughs> totally stole it pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to do a very, very quick plug um, for the exhibition Pussy Fat featuring Emma Tavola, Sarah Moana and ah. book appointments online. There are links. I know I put them on the website. So go and click them and book an appointment. So yeah, thanks so much for joining us and I guess we'll see you next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's our time. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs>